Okay, well, anyways, um, hello and welcome to Stay Chula Podcast. My name is Sandra and I'm here today with Sarah. Sarah, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Um, give us your info, give us your like Instagram handle. Um, yes. Let us know who you are so people can go stalk you while we're talking. <laughs> so my Instagram handle and actually on all social media platforms is at Sarah Mariana SG. Okay. My and name I'll, is Sarah Mariana. Sarah Mariana. All right. <laughs> and I'll link that into any social media posts um, that I put up right now. We just have Instagram yeah. at Stay Chula Podcast. And I'll be posting a lot about you because you are our very first podcast interview um episode uh and yes. i think that's really awesome Crazy. i just met you when like march end of march yeah not that long this ago year? not long ago a couple months march april may now it's june early yeah june. so oh like two and a half months let's say first week of june yeah, yeah. strong connection when we first met. yeah well we had a lot in common we dealt yes. with a lot of trauma Yes. Retail, retail life drama. I know. On on Magazine Street in New Orleans. And, you know, all those Magazine Street store owners are a little on edge. They're very competitive and they know what they want, but they want it right away. So. And they're small business owners, so yeah. they are looking over everything. Yes. And I forgot to mention my... I'm a fashion blogger. <laughs> yes. Oh, we Okay. Yes. Not a random okay. person on Instagram. Okay. Yes. Sarah Mariana, fashion blogger. Um, but you're many things now. Mm-hmm. Many things. I'm expanding my brand. Yes. Tell us about that. Tell us about that. So I started off with wanting to start an Instagram page and a website for my visual merchandising portfolio, mm-hmm. given that I have been working in retail for so many years and liked fashion, mm-hmm. had experience in that. And then I went to college for writing. So once I started doing the website, I started writing about things, Trader Joe's, denim, good deals, being petite, being yeah. curvy, being a size 12, and mm-hmm. come to find out I'm now a 38D. Hey. A D, D as in what? DSN dog dog <laughs> I promise I went to college <laughs> same I'm in 38 D so oh wow we can share team. bras yes we can share bras yeah yes <laughs> we'll go we'll go to bra genie together yes it'll, I love be a, bra. it'll be a one for two deal not two for one yes one for two deal yeah. exactly so yeah that's how I started uh, started talking about lifestyle, fashion, and beauty, and looked at my audience to see what they wanted. And they really liked my beauty tips, even though I'm not a makeup artist. Mm-hmm. It's just me watching YouTube, practicing every day. Mm-hmm. And it really was very relaxing to just like put on makeup and play with foundation and colors. Mm-hmm. So now I rearranged my brand. So now it's more of a fashion and beauty. And I've expanded to certain services that a lot of people have been asking about, like mm-hmm. marketing, more content creating for other brands and yeah. people, and then closet organizing because nobody likes to organize their closet. Nobody does. And they say they're going to donate clothes and they never do. Mm-hmm. So that's what yeah. I'm doing now. And everyone's doing the hashtag sparks joy thing lately. Yes. Since March, mm-hmm. since like February or March, when that show came out out on Netflix. I can't remember what it's called, but Joy is the lady if it sparks joy or something like that. Yes. But no one wants to do it. Exactly. And it's hard because 
So I love all those shows, and it was surprising to me that she made the people clean yeah. their closets, and I was like, okay, well that's yeah, interesting. Usually, that's an interesting take because it's usually the person who's hosting the show that goes in and it's like trash, trash, trash. Mm-hmm. But she makes you do it. It's kind of like a, I guess any type of person who comes in and helps you organize your life, your closet your emails or whatever it kind of helps you like emotionally like a therapy yes type setting so so it was good for the first two episodes i finished the season Mm -hmm. but it did get a little bit boring it was repetitive well Um, yeah i can only imagine that shows like that get repetitive it's the same thing like oh my closet's a mess i have clothes in here from middle school which i do mm -hmm. which i told you about um when it was maybe a week or two after we met and you hosted the vintage pop-up. Yes. And you had the Atlanta 1996 Olympics jacket, which I love. It's in it's in the coat closet right yeah. now. And, and I'm wear. glad somebody from Georgia actually got yes. it. Yes. Well, you know, I told you I have a shirt from that year, from the same Olympics, from that Olympics, because I'm from Georgia. Or I was born in California, moved to Georgia, born or raised in Georgia. Yes. And stuff. Well, it's a size youth large. Mm-hmm. It's a crop top now. Oh, okay. Yes. Because <laughs> it's a youth yeah. large. Yeah. So now I think my extent of vintage goes from the few Lily Pulitzer vintage items that I have snagged for like 15 bucks online and that that youth large t-shirt and now that amazing windbreaker jacket that I snagged from you at that pop-up and I love it. I talk about it all the time. Yes, I'm obsessed. Look, I started working for the vintage store because I had gone laid off, having had not been able to find a job for about five to six months. Mm-hmm. Second time getting laid off and I'm only 28 years old. Yeah. Um, very stressful for people in our age to find a job or find something that is more stable. Yeah, especially since we're educated too. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you think I'm gonna go and get educated. I have a high school degree. I'm gonna go ahead and get an associate's degree or a bachelor's degree. And mm-hmm. some people go even as far as getting a master's and doctorate degree. And they, they run into the same issue. And I think it's just our age range. Because I'm 24, about to be 25 next month. And I just dealt with that. And that's how we met. I was, yeah. I, was <laughs> I was out of work for seven months. So how'd you hear about that? How'd you hear about this vintage shop? So I do a lot of collaborations with Angie. She is a friend of mine and also owns Mia Boutique on Metairie Road. Mm-hmm. My favorite. Yes. I love going in there. She's very nice. I love that she is a small business owner. It's a woman, and mm-hmm. then she's also from Costa Rica. So mm-hmm. I like supporting people, my people yeah. over here. Um, yeah. And empowering the Latinas, them. Yes. Especially New Orleans. Yeah, how many Latinas are, are there? I they probably know. all know each other or something. They probably all know each other, <laughs> but not me. I know you. Yeah. I know Angie. I know Angelica. Yeah. And I think that's it. And I, I don't think it helps that I'm a football wife, and I'm, I'm not a really around my Latin folk. Yeah. Anymore. And I have so many jobs that I'm like, I, I can't socialize, y'all. Oh, yeah, you can't. You just, who do you <laughs> meet? I know. I'm like customers. And you I'm meet like, me. <laughs> yeah. You meet me. So. <laughs> Working. Yeah. So I, she did a pop-up. Mm-hmm. The owner, her name is Astrid. And the vintage store is called Be Different. She really liked my vibe. She looked at my Instagram and she said, 
tomorrow, come to the store. I want to take photos of you. Ooh. And I said, okay, cool. I need content. It'll be fun. I love taking photos with her. I always stayed on her mind because I'm pretty awesome. Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah. You're always on my mind, honestly. You, yeah. you make a great impression on people. Yes, Like a thank good, you. positive, happy impression. Thank you. That's what I aim to try in life. Just yeah. be uh, resourceful and helpful because yeah. you never know what position you're going to be in. Yeah. So she reached out. She's like, look, I need help in the store. You have retail experience. Um, I know it's not the pay that you deserve, but I really appreciate your experience and I'm willing to uh, meet in the middle. Mm -hmm. Um, She's a great boss. Started working with her, started doing a lot of Instagram, pushing through vintage items on customers, engaging, engaging, meaning commenting whenever people comment, Mm -hmm. doing polls on Insta stories to get people to like our stuff creating stories on insta stories so maybe i'll talk about basketball on insta stories and then i'll show jerseys how to style them different colors the colors and items for the perfect weather in new orleans things like that and we started doing a lot more pop-ups and styling with people because we started growing so i did a pop-up at mia boutique which is my friend's angie's store and i you saw my Insta stories. Yes, I did. I saw them and it worked. Yes. And it, and I'm, you know, I like to shop and that's why I was going to Mia Boutique. Yeah. So and I'm now sorry. the difference is that Venture store is one of the few Venture stores in New Orleans and they do carry a lot of casual wear and a lot of separates. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of graphic tees, denim, jackets, crop tops, things that anybody from any gender yeah. is able to wear. It's very fluid and casual. It's and we have it separated as such. Yeah. So Which no men's nice. and women's department is departments by long sleeve, short mm-hmm. sleeve. Makes it easier for us to track, but it also makes it very friendly for everyone. Yeah. And I've always shopped because I'm curvy and I'm petite. I shop in a lot of men's sections mm-hmm. because I have a wider back. Mm-hmm. Men's shirts fit me better than women's shirts, depending yeah. on the style and the brand. Yeah. So that's something that I've been used to since I was little with my mom. I mean, she did the same thing. Thrift mm-hmm. shopping, shopped in men's sections. It was cheaper than women's too. Yeah. Um, a graphic tee for men can be 25 and then they bump up the price for a woman for $50. Yeah. And it's like, why? I like the men's shirt better. Yes. So that's why I decided to do the sales floor like that. Mm-hmm. Just fluid, separated by departments, making it comfortable for everybody of any age to come in. Yeah. They can come in with their parents and shop and yeah. it's just separate. I mean, I share yeah. clothes with my boyfriend. Yeah. Might as well. I can't. My boyfriend's or my husband. Oh, uh, yeah. My husband <laughs> is our one year anniversary this coming weekend. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. Um, so what are you guys going to do? I have no idea. He has something planned. Oh. We'll see what happens. Okay. Yeah. Stay tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned for that. <laughs> yeah. A whole nother podcast. A whole nother podcast waiting for you next week. <laughs> um, but I mean, all your your experience in retail merchandising, is that how you, you're getting into the whole closet organization, like, part of your business? Kind of, like, you know, your knowledge of, like, like, moving things around and, like, knowing, like, well, this makes more sense here? Yes. So, I've been very organized since I was little. I was the person who would prepare 
a week before school, all my notebooks with the stickers, with the names on it, my little Hello Kitty like clutch with all mm-hmm. the pencils and pens and Crayola yeah. markers and all that stuff. I feel like everyone loves Hello Kitty. Yeah. Obsessed. Obsessed. I'm still obsessed um, with Hello Kitty. I know. Me too. Yeah. I can't get over it. Hello Kitty and Sailor Moon. Wow. They're throwing that back. So Sailor Moon. I'm obsessed with Hello Kitty and Arthur. Arthur is like an <gasps> yes. obsession. And you know, Arthur just came back into the headlines recently. Did you hear about that? No. What happened? So they released new new episodes of Arthur. Yes. And, um, Mr. Ratburn. Yes. Got married. Got married. Not to a woman. No. To a man. Yes. Shocker. Well, not anymore. Not in 2019. Yeah. And I like the conversations that they were having on the show, too. Yes. I just feel like the past, like, it, it grew with us because I feel like we're the generation that grew up with Arthur. Like, we were young. We remember it. And that's kind of like our throwback cartoon because that's what you, I mean, we didn't have cable back then either. It was all public broadcasting. Yes. And if you had yeah. cable, you were lucky. Yes, you were lucky. But then at the same time, what did you watch? Nickelodeon and Disney Channel. That's yeah, thing. those were the. And then they, I don't know if you remember, but cable used to charge extra for Disney and Nickelodeon. Yes, they did. Because they were like, okay, fine, you yeah. get cable, you get TNT, and it's like, oh, okay, TNT, I want like Disney, and it's yeah. like, it's an extra $50. Yeah. And then they started adding like Disney XD, Nickelodeon yes. Junior, and all this stuff. Yes, and all these shows like Mr. Rogers, too. And yeah. I remember it was super big whenever he testified in front of Congress. Mm-hmm. And all that stuff. And I'm like, I feel that our generation has been, has gone through a lot of changes that mm-hmm. generations before took 10 years to go through. Yeah, I Be- agree. Because, and I think it's because the internet. Yeah, it, it, it's the internet. And when you, when I sell vintage clothing and I'm doing research on it, 80s, you can pinpoint to a certain culture, music, things like that. But if you're trying to look back at the 2000s. Mm-hmm. You can't say 2000s to 2010s because so many things happen between 2000 and 2004 yeah. that are completely drastically yes. different from 2004 to I 2008. Agree. Yeah. Just the iPod. Yeah. Well, even if you go on Spotify and you, you know, they Spotify has playlists for like every decade. Mm-hmm. Well, they have the 2000s playlists or like the greatest hits of, the of, you know, the 2000s or in their case, zero, zero. Yes. <laughs> and remember Y2K? Yes. <laughs> I remember that vividly and I don't know how. I mean, I was six, but like my parents were freaking out about it. Yeah, and, you they know, were Hispanic doing everything. Parents, you know, Hispanic parents freak out about anything. They're prepared. And, you know, they listen to what the Mercado. Yes, they do. He's the Lord Almighty of us. Yes. Uh, you got your horoscope. You got your rituals mm-hmm. to do. And everyone on- had to be quiet when he came on. Yes. Everyone, ah! no, if the frijoles are burning on the stove. No, you got to be quiet. I don't care about the frijoles. If he tells me that my house is burning down, then it's actually burning down. And in Puerto Rico, because, you know, he's Puerto Rico. Yes, he is. They used to have this whole section of the newspaper dedicated to him and each horoscope and all the rituals. So that newspaper would sell out quickly. So then you had to go to like different like bakeries to try to find the newspaper or different town. And everybody was like, I'll get you a newspaper. Okay, I'll get like your sister, your cousin, Mm -hmm. a newspaper because it was very important for the new year to come to do all these rituals because who knows what would happen. Yeah.
Crazy. Well, you know, we're talking about all this, like, things that we're remembering from our past. Mm -hmm. Tell me about you. How'd you end up in New Orleans? So, uh, let's... Start from wherever you want. Yes. So, I was born in the year of 1991. I was born in Puerto Rico, so I'm Puerto Rican. Both of my parents are Puerto Rican. My mom is more Americanized because she came from a military background, military family. She lived in Germany and across the U.S. before her settling down in Puerto Rico and my grandfather retiring. My biological father, which I call my sperm donor, Mm -hmm. we don't have a relationship. They were indeed married and we lived together, but I never saw him as a dad. I don't think he wanted to be a father. He was kind of like checked out. Yes. And they got divorced when I was six years old. Mm -hmm. So he was more of a country folk. um, Very. We used to live in the mountains and like the highest peak of a town called Jalco. And we lived there for 11 years. Wow. It was very lonely. <laughs> we didn't have a telephone for the longest time. So my mom had to use a cell phone, which back then was very expensive, especially with the minutes and everything. Mm-hmm. She had somebody rig a huge uh, parabolic satellite for us to get cable. So they rigged it to the point where we were able to see pay-per-view movies. No way. Yeah. So she had like, it was Dish Network. Mm-hmm. Good old Dish Network. Yes. And I'm sure the statute of limitations already passed. So I can say this. Yeah. <laughs> Dish Network. And we got up to channel 5,000 or 6,000. Wow. So I was able to see all the TV shows from the U.S. I was very Americanized. I have a brother and a sister. And living there was kind of weird because my mom was going through a divorce and I went to Catholic school, private school, because in Puerto Rico, public schools are not really good, Mm -hmm. similar to New Orleans. And we were uh, struggling a lot, my mom being a single mom and my sperm donor coming from a big name family, trying to really destroy her reputation and Put her down. Put her down, yeah. Mm-hmm. Forgetting that yeah. I'm also his daughter. So yeah. when he they puts her care. down, yeah. Yeah. You're putting me down. So my mom struggled a lot. We eventually moved to the city that I was originally born in Ponce. Mm-hmm. And I went there to a Catholic school once again. <laughs> and eighth grade, she decided to move to Florida because it was just too much. There wasn't any place or room to grow in Puerto Rico Mm -hmm. and we were never gonna be able to escape the poverty struggle level yeah we weren't even middle class so once we arrived in Florida we lived with my aunt and I went to my first public high school mind you I'm obsessed with clueless oh my gosh yes so when I got there and you know I've been watching like TV, TV, American TV, yeah. growing up. Yeah. And I got there, Satellite Beach is a very rich area, 96% mm-hmm. white. A lot of beach people, a lot of money, and they were coming in in BMWs and Mercedes-Benz and like motorcycles to school. Oh, and wow. they used to park in the senior parking lot. And here I am taking the school bus like, oh, this is so cool. The school bus has an yeah. AC and you don't have to pay for it. And books, and you don't have to pay for books. Yes, you don't and, have to pay for anything. Yeah, and lockers. lunch sometimes. Well, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. Um, and the lunch was one twenty five back then. Yeah. 
and you have lockers and you can have like mirrors mm-hmm. on your lockers and things yeah. like that. Things that I saw in movies but never got to experience. Yeah. And homecoming and prom and it felt like clueless. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And once I started becoming more comfortable, I was a little bit insecure in my accent and how I spoke. I, I spoke English. I learned English and Spanish at the same time. Mm-hmm. But... I made the mistake once of writing through T-H-R-U instead of like through like T-H-R-U-O-U-G-H. Yeah. <laughs> but I did that too. Yes. And I, and I was exposed to English my whole life, but I still do that. I, I still do that. Yes. So that made me feel very uncomfortable and insecure in myself. Yeah. But then I'm also thinking about other people. I, I don't think this is a mistake of me having a second language I think it's just a common mistake for everybody mm-hmm. but having an accent makes you feel insecure and then other people that's their go-to reason why you're failing yeah and that was an added insecurity mm-hmm. so I decided to be more independent and attend college outside of Florida even though my mom really wanted me to go University of Florida yeah everybody was going there uh, the scholarship would cover it that mm-hmm. the state of Florida grants you yeah and I have 5,000 hours of community service that I have served mm-hmm. um, throughout high school. So yeah. I did qualify for the scholarship. I did not go to UF. I went to LSU, the cheapest out-of-state public school. Mm-hmm. And I told my mom, they have a really good journalism program. I didn't know that. I just wanted to leave the state yeah, of Florida. You were, you were finding an excuse yes. to, to, one, get yourself to LSU, and two, convince your mom to let you go. Yes, because Hispanic parents are very attached mm-hmm. and I didn't want to be what I call like those Puerto Ricans. I'm being judgmental right now, um, but I don't want to be- that's okay, that's how we are. Yeah, <laughs> that's how we are. That's how we are. We're judgmental, and the, but everyone knows it. Yeah, and we acknowledge it and we try our yes, best. Yes, we acknowledge <laughs> it, we try our best. As long as you acknowledge it, then yeah. you're fine. Be judgmental. <laughs> so I don't want to be somebody who was with their parents until they were 30 something. I wanted to be independent and be self-fulfilled and not mm-hmm. ask my mom for money or anything. So. I went to college and the first three months, horrible. I was crying the whole time. I wanted to move away. That's exactly how I was when I first got to college. I think that's everybody. And that's something that a lot of people don't talk about because if you're from an out-of-state school and you're going in there, some people know each other from their own town or their own state. But especially if you're an international student or are somebody of a different background. Yeah, I didn't know how to drive. When I graduated from from high school. What? Yeah, I didn't. I was so ready to get I my was, permit. I was terrified. Oh I got into a car accident with my sister. And I was terrified from then. Um, so I didn't get my driver's license until I was 20. Wow. But I got it. So yes, that's all I you got it. <laughs> but so when I left for school, um, I wanted to be as far away as possible. But I saw the state in state. That was the only condition. So I went to a school down south, Georgia Southern University, and I went to school early during the summer program. And it was the worst, what, eight weeks of my life. I was crying every single day, just like you were and stuff, because I didn't know anyone. And I think as Hispanics, like, we're so used to our family. Our family is our friends, like our cousins, our aunts, our uncles, um, moms, siblings, 
and stuff like that. And we do have friends in school and stuff, but I feel like it's not that connection, that like familiar connection that we get. So it was hard for me to even make friends, I guess, or keep friends or know who to trust or anything like that. So I did feel alone, but eventually, obviously you get over it. Yeah. Anyways, continue, continue. Yeah. And I felt exactly the same way. I'm sure a lot of people do. And just you go to bed by yourself. You don't talk to anybody. You're on the computer. You don't say good night, mom. Or or, good night, Irene. I hate you. (laughs) And then sometimes you're with a complete (laughs) random stranger, which I was. She was very nice and had a boyfriend. So sometimes she would be there. Sometimes she wouldn't. But Mm. imagine like living a whole year with a stranger next to you. And y'all are close. Like y'all are really close. Like I can go close. I can roll over to her bed close. So I... One day I was going to go get my honey bun because I that's the only thing that I could afford. <laughs> and I found this girl crying under the steps. And she's like, my roommate is so horrible and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, what's wrong? And I started talking to her and she later became my friend and she introduced me to two other girls. And now they're part of like my best friend group. So one girl that was crying on the steps led to a lifelong lifelong friendship Friendship. and more friends yes and that's when it started to get comfortable because i didn't feel alone they weren't judgmental or anything they were all from louisiana so it was very nice to meet people from new orleans and they took me to mardi gras and do all those cool things knew what was going on yeah so it was very nice like any issues that i ever had i always communicated it with my with all my close friends and after graduating LSU, now mind you, I got two majors. I double yeah. majored in journalism and theater. Mm-hmm. Journalism at LSU, you're required to have a minor. So I added theater thinking it was easy. Mm-hmm. But because in high school, I did do enrollment, I had a lot of college credits. I was attending high school yeah. and community college, which meant that if I added a minor, with my journalist in theater, I would graduate in a year. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even be 21. Yeah. And I would have a bachelor's degree. You would have been like 20. Yes. And I was freaking out. So I decided to add theater as my double major. And I focused more on dramaturgy and sound design with theater and broadcast journalism. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and I have an accent. I was very insecure about that, too. And I was making a lot of mistakes in terms of audio. And I know audio is a big issue when it comes to broadcast journalism. Mm-hmm. You get to learn it day by day. Yeah. Sometimes I would say audio and I would think, oh, are they talking about my accent or actually the audio? Yeah. So that little negative voice yeah. would come up. And at LSU, you used, they used to watch your packages. So packages oh, are really? videos that are edited with um, sound bites, interviews, and things like that. So they would play it in front of the whole journalism class, and they got to critique it. So all the bad shots, your bad accent, your you know how you do the reporter track, which is like speaking into a microphone? Sometimes yeah. you would try too hard because you wanted to pronounce everything perfectly. Yes. And it sounded too fake. Yeah, you sounded like a robot or like, yes. like Siri. <laughs> or not Siri. <laughs> or wannabe Siri. Wannabe Siri. <laughs> so yeah, they got to critique all of that. And so I extremely intimidated with journalism. And I actually wanted to start a Spanish... Um, newscast mm-hmm. in writing and 
on TV, on Tiger TV, which is their local TV at, at the university um, in Spanish. But I was so intimidated and I was doing well in the class of the journalism teacher that I was afraid of ever asking him for anything. Yeah. Which now you think that sounds like a great idea. Like, why didn't you ask that? Yeah. But, but that was always like, that afterthought. Yes. And that fear, that insecurity. So after all of that, I graduated and because of my fear and insecurity, I didn't apply to a lot of producing uh, jobs or journalism jobs mm -hmm. because I didn't think I was experienced enough or like yeah. worthy of those jobs compared to my peers. Mm -hmm. So I moved back home to Florida and I was like, okay, it's been six months. I don't have a job in journalism. Let me start doing internships, which is what everybody else does, mm -hmm. especially in this career track. And I got an internship for the Voodoo Arena Football League. What's that? So it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> it is an arena football league. Oh. Um, so like indoors. Indoors, yes. And then in New Orleans, it was the Voodoo. So wow. Voodoo Arena yeah, Football. Yeah, Voodoo yes. Arena Football. A lot of people that work there went to LSU, so I was able to get an internship and move to New Orleans. Mm -hmm. So my mom said, look, these are the conditions. I'm going to help you pay for rent, mm -hmm. but after that, you have to come back unless you find a job that will... Support you? Yes. So you know me. I was like, uh-uh. I'm, I'm not, not going, going to <laughs> Florida for a third time. So I was doing the media internship there, and I started working retail. Mm -hmm. Started working at the River Walk. Back then, it was close, but it got renovated yeah. into an outlet collection mall. And I got a job at Kenneth Co. Production. Nice. So that is a men's and women's store. Mm -hmm. Corporate life. Yeah. Started off as a floor supervisor, which is like a manager of the floor. Yeah. Eventually got into assistant store manager because of my experience and how organized and detailed I was. Mm -hmm. They trusted you. Yes. And I, with no retail experience. Yeah. So that's a lot. I mean, that says a lot about the company. Maybe they were disorganized, but also that says a lot about me. Yeah, that they my, trusted you with the store. The people who were in the store correct. trusted you with the store. So we were doing great in terms of like volume and how much money we were making. Yeah. We made so much money that our store should have had four assistant store managers. Wow. And they only had one, which was me. Yeah. So I did visual merchandising operations, training of staff, and then my DOR of like operations and cycle counts, aside from selling. So super stressful, underpaid. I didn't know anything about getting paid and benefits and 401k. Mm -hmm. It was my big girl job. Yeah. So we had a lot of inventory, no place to put it. So that's when I became obsessed with organizing. I became obsessed with really following all the rules by the handbook. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the skills that now I'm using for my brand, Closet Organizing and Fashion Marketing. Like, what is your return of investment? If we have a lot of these bags, what do we need to do? Yeah. We need to put it in front for the customer and style it so yeah. we can sell it. Yes, okay, get it can, out the door. Yes. Okay, nobody's going to wear leather in the summer. So obviously you need to put something that the people in New Orleans who are walking around mm -hmm. in downtown need to wear mm -hmm. on the go and they're traveling. So things like that, I've incorporated into my brand with fashion marketing and that's why I decided to add that um, as a service because I communicate well and I feel very comfortable and 
and my skills and closet organizing because I've always organized and with that experience of inventory yeah. and operations and visual merchandising, it made life so much easier when it comes to closet organizing mm-hmm. or organizing anything. So that's a challenge that I like. I find it fun. Yeah. A lot of people don't like organizing. I do. Yeah. A lot of people don't. I like organizing. I live in a one bedroom apartment. I do. So there's only so much space that we can have with two people. And we just got married a year ago. Yes. So that crock pot right there behind you. <laughs> I do have a crock pot behind me. And there's this three tier like shelf, like rolly shelf that I bought. <laughs> and y'all can't see <laughs> can. it, but she can. Yeah. And she so sees my struggle. This is a podcast. I will vividly describe the scenario. We are in the kitchen drinking kombucha mimosas. Yes. Okay. So we're drinking that. We got Oreo scones. We have a crock pot and mm-hmm. below it is some like shake things. It's like a ninja blender. It's a ninja, oh, ninja blender. blender. Oh, look yeah. at that. But it's a mini one. So you, it makes the shakes. We got cookie cutters, vacuum cleaner, a backpack, a this, stroller. A dog stroller. A dog stroller. My wow. mom bought me a dog stroller yes. two years ago. You can see the plastic still on it. Yeah. It has not been used. But is it not so cute? Yes, that's a per- I would buy a, a dog stroller. She got it for 20 bucks. What? Yeah. It looks really good. It looks It new. looks really good. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. back to you. You started working after after your internship, you were still working at at Kenneth Productions. Yeah. Okay. So, I worked there for almost 4 years. 4 years. The reason- and that's what kept you here in New Orleans. Yes. And I also met someone and started a relationship with him. Met at oh, work. Oh, so you, you got locked down. I got locked down. Mm. Well, not really locked down. You had a reason to stay locked yeah. down. Yeah. Well, I like being independent. And then at that time, so I've never been, I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say, but let me just say Okay, it. okay. I've never been really pretty. Oh, and what? <laughs> okay, I okay, know. keep going, let keep me, going. Let me finish talking. Yes. Okay. You've so never, never been really pretty. Okay. I've never been really pretty. I've always been chubby. Uh-huh. Um, and I never thought any guy would ever like me. Mm-hmm. So in college, to add on to that, I got braces because I wanted my teeth straight. So mm-hmm. I'm a red hair girl. Red hair girl with braces and chubby. Um, I don't think I'm that pretty. And then my friends were like really pretty. So they were really like getting the digits mm-hmm. at bars and things like what? that. And I wasn't. I never, I never do. Okay. Listen, I've only dated one person my entire, okay. People who know me know that I've dated my husband. Yes. For um, go, almost 11 years now. Mm-hmm. We've been married for one year. Mm-hmm. Before then I dated one person. It didn't really count. It was middle school. And, you know, I hope he's doing well. I like to stalk people and stuff. So I do kind of check up on him every now and then. You know, if he wants to be my friend, shout out. If you want to be my friend, hit me up. It's okay. I'll help you out. Um, Cheers to that. Yeah, cheers to that. Um, With our kumbamosas. Kumbamosas? Kumbamosas. Yeah. Cheers. Um, But anyways, I never get hit on really i never i don't think i've ever experienced that really honestly yeah and like i feel like i'm i'm that that friend too it's like i'm just the friend that's there and i think i don't think it's that you're ugly i think it's just the vibes and people are intimidated by hispanic women 
Really? I think we just, it's our pheromones. It has to be. Because there are Hispanic women who go out there and, you know, they do get the digits. Mm -hmm. Right? You know, Mm -hmm. they're really pretty and we see it. We see y'all. Y'all are gorgeous. Get the digits. And we're not hating. We're We're just saying that we don't get digits. (laughs) I think it's just the vibes that we put out, honestly. Mm. Because... I'll go and sit at a bar and I'll think I look cute, you know? <laughs> I think I look cute. You're and like, I'll you're like feeling this. yourself today. And like, I know, like, you know, even before we got engaged or whatever, I'd go and like hang out with my friends. No one would talk to me. I'm just there. Everyone's talking to my friends. And I'm like, what about me? Like, sometimes it makes you feel good if someone comes up to you and be like, hey, gorgeous. Like, even if you're not, if even if you're lying, just like make me feel good. Yeah. You know, but I don't, I don't think it's that. I think it's our pheromones. I think it's our pheromones or the vibes. Maybe we have resting face. Yeah. And we don't know it. I'm pretty sure I do. I don't know if I do. Sometimes I feel like I do. But I don't know. You seem very friendly when I look at your face. Right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. You seemed very friendly when I walked in and saw you at the store and we met. So who knows? Yeah. Maybe I'm just a good salesperson. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe they know like... We're going to start a conversation and maybe they're not looking for a conversation and they're looking for people who oh. they can just like, you know, get their words in, you know? Yeah. Because, you know, we like to converse and that's why we're doing this. Mm-hmm. We're making this podcast because we like to talk. We can talk. We can talk. I think they can tell if you can talk or not. So guys out there listening, let us know. Why don't you talk to us? We're not hideous. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you think we're hideous, then whatever. But then what's fine? We don't need those comments. Yeah, and if you do, y- you might get a clap back from my nephew Joey, who's uh-huh. my lawyer and number one fan. There you go. He's a cat located in Florida, and he don't play. He don't play. Yeah, Joey. 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 Joey don't, Garcia. Joey Garcia. Don't play with him, okay? Um. Anyways, but yeah. Yeah. So guys never hit on me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so ugly. I'm chubby. I have braces. Braces came off and I'm like, uh, I'm still ugly. <laughs> why am I still ugly? And then for like a period of time, for some reason, these guys were looking at me and because I've never felt that had that experience of like guys hitting on me mm-hmm. or things like that. I'm just like, oh, that's cool. He's friendly. And I would just be normal. Yeah, you wouldn't think anything of it. You'd just be like, okay. Yeah. And if y'all know me, I'm very... Would you say I'm sarcastic? I'd say... I'd say you're good at sarcasm. I'm not good at sarcasm. Yeah, the dry sense of humor. I don't know. I just, I make fun of myself or I don't take things too seriously. Yeah, you're very free-spirited. Yeah, so that's how I used to talk to the guys that... I didn't know we're hitting on me or yeah. we're interested. So I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, because that shirt looks really cute. Uh-huh. Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. I could care less. But I don't know what happened. And then I had a season where, like, Sarah was the bomb.com. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I never felt this. Mm. And it was, like, back-to-back guys. So I... How many years ago was this? How old am I? I, I want to say it was after I graduated college. I graduated okay. college in... Uh, when I was 21 mm-hmm. so and I didn't know that could be possible I'm like but I'm still chubby I wonder what they like about me I never thought I was pretty um, I thought my friends were really pretty and mm-hmm. you can tell pretty like mm-hmm. I don't know but um, then people are like Sarah I can't believe you think that like you're so pretty and I'm like I don't see that 
Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when your friends tell you that, you're, you're like, you're lying. Yeah. Stop. They're I mean, like you're, your you're just mom. Trying, yeah. You're just trying to make me feel better. And I know I'm ugly and hideous. Bye. Yeah. And my mom was like, but you're so pretty. And my friends are like, Sarah, but you're so perfect. Look how amazing you are. And I'm like, well, then why did you get a phone number? And I didn't. Mm-hmm. And he had a friend. The friend didn't even talk to me. <laughs> so, yeah, I had a season of like when I was the bomb.com and it was very weird. I didn't know how to handle it. And I was like, oh, I'll just go with the flow, whatever. I never had this happen. Um, but then I met somebody that I really clicked with. A born and raised in New Orleans. Nice. I've I do have a type. It is anything white. <laughs> I like white guys. I think it's seriously. I think it was the cable. You think so? I think, I the think cable, it was the cable. I think the cable from Puerto Rico. It got raked, and I was watching all this American TV, yeah. and I became obsessed with white guys. Yeah, but I don't blame you. I did. I I dated and married a white man, but before then, I thought my type was Asian. Oh, honestly, and yeah. I think it still is like a little bit. You know, I've been really into that crazy rich Asian <gasps> Henry Golding. I is love that who him. you're? Ta- oh yes, crazy rich Asians. Yes. So I still love my my Asian men. Yeah, you know. So whatever, but I I I agree though. I think my life was very Americanized, even though I was born in the United States and I grew up here. But my family was very strict about it, like. Spanish only in the house, Spanish TV. Like we would pay extra for that Spanish HBO, you know, yes. back in the day and the Hispanic channels and that's all we'd watch and stuff, noticias and everything. Like that's all we watch. But I think growing up and like sneaking those Disney Channel shows and like watching Clueless and watching like all those yeah. movies, like even Saved by the Bell, I'm like, I want a handsome white man yes and i want to marry him <laughs> and stuff and then especially after watching like the wedding planner with um jennifer lopez yes and matthew mcconaughey matthew, oh yeah. i love me some matthew mcconaughey oh really those lincoln commercials the car commercials where he's talking <laughs> all serious and stuff i'm like matthew mcconaughey yeah so no shame i definitely had a type and um my boyfriend is definitely not white. He's not. No, he's not. <laughs> I told myself I will never date a Spanish guy. I will never date a Latino, Hispanic, nobody, especially a Puerto Rican. No way. Is he Puerto Rican? He's not Puerto Rican. What is he? He's Honduran. Honduran. Yes, which there's a lot of them in New Orleans. There I didn't are. know about that. There are a lot of Hondurans. So the largest population of Hondurans in America it's in New Orleans. No way. Yes. I didn't know that. According to my Honduran boyfriend. Oh. He wouldn't like, he wouldn't know his people. He wouldn't like, no, yeah. So. But has he been outside of New Orleans? Yes. To Texas and Florida. I don't Florida. think that counts. <laughs> that doesn't count. That does not count. <laughs> you know what's funny? So he does, he's very white. Okay. He grew he's, up, he's an Americanized Honduran? Oh, uh, super Americanized. A lot of people think he's... Filipino. Really? Yes. People think I'm Filipino. Uh, mm. You can kind of see it. I can it's my skin. See it. It's my skin. It's and your I, eyes. And my eyes. So they think he's Filipino or Hawaiian, mm-hmm. but he's Honduran. Spanish people, Hispanics, uh, they think he's like Spanish, Honduran. They can tell. But other people, they're like, hmm, you I speak like perfectly red. English, and mm-hmm. but you look different. You look different, yeah. Yes. I feel like as Hispanics, we can tell the difference sometimes mm-hmm. every now and then. 
but it's kind of hard nowadays. Everyone looks the same. Yeah. It's because we, we all get into that same style now. But that's crazy. Yeah. On my Insta story, um, he doesn't like being on my Instagram. He takes photos of me, but he does. But he doesn't like. He doesn't want to participate at all or anything. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I call him ghost mm-hmm. because you can hear him. You can see the shadow of him, uh-huh. but you don't know what he looks like. That's what you're talking about. The other day, I think I saw you on your Insta story post like, oh, look at the ghost. Yes. Like that. So I'm here He's with my ghost. Yeah. yeah. So the shadow is my <laughs> Honduran boyfriend. Yes. Oh and my gosh. You <laughs> it's know, funny. I, you know, after my, uh, I don't want to call him my boyfriend because he wasn't my boyfriend, but the first guy I dated. <laughs> the guy who's going to come and comment? Yeah. The guy who's going to be my best friend from now on. <laughs> um, been through a lot. You know this. Um, he was Hispanic, but he was like, he was Mexican. But he was like that really pale white. Yes. Mexican. And if you looked at him, you wouldn't think he was Mexican. Yeah. Like the ones that are on the soap operas. Yeah. But not like that. Hmm. Like he still had like the dark hair and everything and stuff. But he is the reason why I was like, I'm never going to date another Hispanic male ever again. Yeah. No. And let me tell you, I don't. I think Bad Bunny is so hot. I think he's like super cool. I like that he paints his really, nails. I really enjoy Bad Bunny, but I really love Maluma. Oh, oh, he is very sexy. He's very. He has Ooh. that that like like. Secret. I like his new haircut too. Yes, he's just very like. Tentacion. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, like, hey, what's up? Yeah, I know. Bad so. Bunny's like very out there, you know. Yeah, like, and like, I like that. <laughs> I love that too. But then I. I don't care how hot Bat Bunny is. I would never date him or be in a relationship with him. I'm like, I can't, I can't date can't a Puerto Rican. No. I'll be your I friend. Can't. Yeah. I'm like, I'll flirt with you yeah. and all that stuff. But yeah, I, I had no idea because I never see him on your social media. Well, on my Insta stories, I was like a lot of, a lot of people have been asking me what he looks like. So I put yes, three photos. I remember that. <laughs> so I put my boyfriend is a mixture of The Rock, uh-huh. Henry Golding from Crazy Rich yes. Asians and Arthur. <laughs> yes, I saw that. Wait, oh my gosh. I think it's totes accurate. I'm going to have to see a photo. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. If you have one on your phone, we'll see one. I'll be the only one who sees it. Yeah, I don't think everyone I have else one. on this podcast who's listening is going to have to imagine. Picture, imagine The Rock, Arthur. Arthur mm-hmm. and Henry Golding. Yes, Henry Golding. So if you don't know who those people are, um, Google, <laughs> <Sucks for you. laughs> Google all those photos spoon over them especially Arthur if y'all don't know who Arthur is yeah <laughs> and um anyways um so yeah so you started dating ghost your ghost yes and we moved really fast because we were both working in retail and because we had a relationship we had to report it we couldn't work together they said oh you worked together yes we met up oh with- okay we couldn't work together, so the district manager told me, so either you can move to another store or you would have to resign. Oh. So there wasn't another store in New Orleans. Yeah. So we Where had would make- you have to, where's the closest other store? Um, The it's other like- one and was at the time was Gonzalez, but that one closed. And I was thinking, I was so sad that I asked the district manager, what about Florida? Because I, I was like, you know what? Last resort, I'll move back to Florida. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I don't care. Mm -hmm. And it was very sad because that was my first full-time job. And the district manager was saying like, I'm so disappointed in you. You know all the rules and all this stuff. And I'm like, whatever. Yeah, but when you like someone and you have a connection. Yeah. And I was like, what if I don't date him? And she's like, well, the action is already done. (laughs) I was like, what if I just stop dating him? I promise. I'm not. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, he said, well, I'm going to resign. Because I don't want to work here anyways. Yeah. So he resigned and it was very difficult because I became the breadwinner. He started working for Old Navy for like three months. Mm-hmm. And that's tough. Old Navy is Yes. Tough. And that's why he worked there for three months. Yeah. So I started, I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable at the store anymore. I felt like a lot of things, they, I felt like they were still trying to retaliate against me because of the the situation of the situation yes they were like oh she broke the rules so now we're going to pay extra attention to her and meanwhile there were worse things happening at the store Mm -hmm. than me dating somebody else Mm -hmm. and i was looking for a job at a retail store it was a really good position with commission and i told them hey what about you apply to this job i was looking at it but i think you it would be a better fit for you so he interviewed he got the job and he's still at that retail job I think we made a lot of sacrifices together when we went through a yeah. lot, just like the first year of us dating. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where communication came in handy. And also yeah. going through a lot made us stronger. Yeah. Especially in that time frame, like yeah. early in your relationship, like that you guys went through so much that, you know, you made a, a closer bond than just like if you both were like inde- super independent and had like yeah. really good jobs and stuff. Imagine like where your relationship would be. But now, um, I think our relationship is really awesome and he's very supportive. He's actually one of the people that wanted me to start my blog. He's like, you know, I think you need a hobby. Mm-hmm. You always wanted to write. Why don't you apply to jobs where you write, you edit, you film and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And I was very depressed and anxious because not only had I gone laid off, but, you know, being a 20 something year old, you're trying to find yourself. Yeah. And a and lot you of just the- celebrated one year. Yes. You just celebrated one year with your blog. Yes. So it started off as a portfolio and now it's a full on blog. Yeah. And it was all because of Angie from Mia Boutique. She pushed me along with a coworker of mine um, at a store that I used to work at. She's like, I think you dress really cool. You should start doing a blog. And I told her, I'm not going to do a blog. Nobody would pay attention. So we would joke around saying that um, I'll do a blog and she'll be my only follower. And then I would use hashtag just for Sarah because her name was her also name Sarah. Sarah. Yes. No way. Yeah. So then when I first started my blog, I wanted to have I wanted to be very prepared. So I wanted a website. I wanted a hashtag and I wanted a category. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing I did. I did a logo. My category was fashion, beauty, lifestyle at the time. And then I did blogging in real time. Hashtag Mm -hmm. just for Sarah. Blogging in real time, meaning that I am trying stuff out, doing things Mm -hmm. Which right I enjoy. Now? Yeah. I think that's so different. And that's what I loved when I first met you and I started following you. I saw like, oh, like I can actually see what she's talking about in real time. Yes. Whether it's just a post of your outfit of the day with the hashtag, you know, blogging in real time or like your Insta stories. Yeah. Like I love that. And I love that concept because I don't think anyone really does that. I mean, people, other bloggers, like they'll Insta story their day or whatever. But you're actually blogging about 
what you're doing, like your makeup. Yeah. And I thought I I was thinking about the nine to five professional. They don't have time to read a magazine or watch TV. Mm -hmm. They can barely walk their dog or like spend time with the kids. So I wanted a blog that was each post less than two minutes. Mm -hmm. That was right to the point and showed pictures that correlate with that. Mm -hmm. And blogging in real time means that I'm trying stuff out just like everybody else. I'm just trying it many different ways and reporting back to y'all. What are the things? Does it work? Does it work or does it not? And I try to make it fun and interesting because I know I need to capture the The audience audience. within the first three seconds. So what am I gonna do in those first three seconds Mm -hmm. that is gonna keep the audience wanting to see my next story Mm -hmm. and my next slide? Yeah, and I always tell people, like if you're ever wondering how something's going to do in a store or online, just show it to me first and I'll let you know, because I am that girl. Mm. I promise I am that girl. I'm that stereotypical girl. You just have to show me something and I want it and I'm going to buy it. I'm going to beg for it. I'm going to put it on my birthday list. I'm going to put it on my Christmas list. I'm going to put it on my Amazon wish list. Like, so whenever I see your stories and I see your, which this is new, I believe your intro Yes. Your intro is new. Mm-hmm. When I see that, I'm like, she's about to show me something good. I immediately go and swipe down from it because I'm like, I need to make sure nothing's going to distract me. Yes. Because I'm about to watch these next, you know, two or five Insta story slides. Yes. And watch it. And I will do that because I am that girl. you've made it this far in the podcast I want to say super thanks to you for listening and getting through all my yeahs uh-huhs and everything <laughs> it's my first part podcast so you know it was a little rough but at least I didn't say like every other word so thanks <laughs> um special shout out to Sarah Mariana for being my first guest on the stay true podcast and stay tuned for some great bonus episodes coming to you, um, hopefully this weekend. So much love and see y'all next week.